You're listening to The Lindsay Gowan Show, where I get to sit down with women who are crushing it in business, leadership, entrepreneurship, and my favorite topic, real estate investing. I'm sure today's episode is going to leave you inspired, so let's get right to it. And then this is episode 14, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> and it, I am probably just going to say your first name, Chantal, right? right? Chantal, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you say your own last name. It's Hawkheimer. Hawkheimer. Okay. Yeah, probably going to stick to Chantal. <laughs> awesome. Okay. We are good to go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Lindsay Gowan Show. I am joined here by Chantal, who I met when I went out west for our Real Power Weekend, and I met some amazing women. Chantal is a property manager, so we've got a lot of burning questions about tenants, and her husband actually surprised her with a a ticket to the event, so that is really cool. Awesome to see that kind of support as well, um, getting around the support of women and uh, great to have a partner that supports you. But Chantel, I would love you to introduce yourself. I don't think we got too detailed into your backstory. So love to find out how you kind of got to property management and uh, real estate in general, like real estate investing in general. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, (laughs) thanks for the introduction there. I kind of totally put this bad on me. I forgot about my husband surprising (laughs) me, but yes, you're right. He did surprise me. So that was awesome. Um, I'm Chantal Hockheimer. I was um, born and raised in Calgary in small town, Alberta, uh, Medicine Hat. Um, I actually fell into property management back in 2013 when we, my husband and I moved up to Calgary again uh, as reception. So as you can imagine, 2013, June, July time, that was the time of the floods in Calgary. So being property management, well, you can imagine the calls coming in, right? So that was my first kind of like, hello world, <laughs> this is the world of property management. Um, so yeah, learned real fast <laughs> on the job. A um, couple of years later, you fast forward, you know, I've moved through the positions in that one company, um, through admin to junior condo manager to condo manager with a portfolio size of 10 properties, multiple build or multiple units. Um, and then, yeah, just recently, the last couple of years, transitioned into the rental side. So, and that kind of kind of came at the same time as the real estate investing. So, yeah, yeah. And what got you started in the real estate investing? Sorry, <laughs> we went. I dragged my husband to go see Scott McGilvery, <laughs> his free seminar at Keysmar. Um, come learn about real estate investing. Um, after being, you know, in the condo industry for the last couple of years you learn quite a bit about that that side of the industry and you're like huh it'd be nice to you know own your own properties so yes we did the whole um keys bar seminar the courses and then the membership to learn how to do it properly awesome I feel like that's a common trend and we were hearing that quite a bit at the ladies event it was oh let's go see this guy with nice hair in person and uh, it's totally (laughs) transformed a lot of our lives so it's really cool but what was your first investment property that you had bought um (laughs) our first investment property was honestly amazing it was kind of a diamond in the rough I guess you could say we found it after our keyspire homework of the day (laughs) to go out and actually look at properties, run the numbers, make sure that they're, 
um, everything's going to cash flow properly once you've, you know, put your maintenance and um, vacancy away, tenant gifts away kind of stuff. It was a fourplex with a garage that was rented separately. We still have it. It's we're going on five years now with it and um, did that one with a joint venture partner. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so you mentioned cash flow. What's your cash flow look like on that one? <laughs> well, now that our partners, we um, about a year ago, we bought our partner out. So now that our partner's not there, we're just cash flowing under a thousand dollars a month. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I have a fourplex as well that I bought early on in my journey. I still have joint venture partners in that one, but the cash flow is, it's amazing just with the, what the market's done since then. But yeah. um, I know that Alberta seems to be a little bit better for cash flow. Um, is that something that you're primarily looking for when you're investing? Yes, because um, we're younger, so and we've got the experience behind us and the time because we don't have any children. Um, so it just made sense for us to be the working partner, right? Um, on those properties, we can provide that know-how for the property management side of the licensing, um, the industry, what to do is kind of thing where a normal, maybe landlord or investor doesn't really come on upon that situation very often. So you're like, huh, now I don't know everything. I'm just, <laughs> a couple of years ago learned, you know, one small thing because it's changing. It's always yeah. constantly changing. You never, um, it's never a boring industry for sure. <laughs> for sure. And I think as a real estate investor, you need to be always learning. And if you think that you know it all, I think you're definitely wrong because as you said, things change and it's impossible to know everything. Things come up and you just have to roll with the punches, but that's definitely a great value add to have that property management to joint venture partners because um, as I have kind of evolved over the years, I did want to be more of the working partner at the beginning, but now um, I've actually offloaded a lot of my property management because it's just become so overwhelming. But on that kind of topic, why do you think it's so important to hire a property manager? <laughs> well, I'm actually doing a post a couple days or a couple days coming out soon. So uh, six reasons to invest in property management I kind of put out there. Um, awesome. One was, at least for myself, we tend to do a lot of long-term tenants. Um, even when I wasn't working for my brokerage, but um, for someone else, my owners, the, those tenants tend to stay at least a minimum two years. So um, property managers, they can kind of weed out those um, candidates that they don't think are going to, what's the word? Stay. <laughs> Stay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so long-term tenants, more likely um, your vacancy periods are going to be shorter for mm -hmm. sure, especially if it's your first time, you know, trying to rent out your property, not sure where to post, what type of photos to take, um, photos, virtual tours, staging uh, your property, mm -hmm. those things, property managers kind of have the little bit tips for you so they can get that rented faster for you. Yeah. Um, efficient rent roll. So accounting wise, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a big property, fourplex, even just your first single family, there's a lot, you're not quite understanding. There's a lot of accounting happening in the background for that. So um, property managers have that system already set up for, for tracking it. Mm -hmm. Come taxes or even come if you want to sell the property, right? So by having those financials in order, another investor wants to see them. 
<laughs> I can definitely attest to that. That's like my biggest pain point in all of real estate invest. Well, just generally my life is I don't love the whole paperwork and taxes and all of that. So hiring a property manager for those reasons is definitely good. Yeah. Um, what else did I have on there? I think uh, technology is another one. Um, again, we've got, we've already, some of these software systems are so expensive. So why wouldn't you take advantage of, you know, a normal property manager, you're looking anywhere from probably eight to 15% um, on, you know, what kind of category you're renting out your property for. So on a $2,000 house is 200 bucks a month. Like, is it really worth your time to pay a $500 a month software system for $200 for the property manager, right? Mm -hmm. So definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned eight to 15%. That's probably the typical in Calgary, um, Alberta, yeah. the, the going rate. What would be included in those kind of um, rates? Um, well, you've got, so for us, we do um, all your um, move in, move out reporting um, with photos, videos, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, midterm inspections, the accounting statements, monthly and annual. Uh, as well as your tenant portals, owner portals. And then, um, of course, the everyday communication. So maintenance, if there's any maintenance coming up right now, we're coming into winter. So we've done a lot of furnace cleanings right now. So mm -hmm. that's a lot of notices going out and making, coordinating the access kind of thing. And then same thing with um, reminders, you know, make sure your peat's not below 20 degrees Celsius um, mm -hmm. during the winter time for freezing pipes. Make sure tenants have tenant insurance in place. The leasing um, out the property, doing the lease paperwork, doing the application, the credit checks. Um, I could go on. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think it's just a good idea to give people um, an idea of what they are getting with property management because a lot of people don't understand all of the moving parts that go into actually running a property and the value of hiring someone to do all of this. What's really great too is your boots on the ground. You're doing all these proactive items that save them a lot of money in the long room or long run, um, <laughs> which people don't really think about, right? They're focused on the payment that's coming out of their pocket now, but there's so many proactive things that you just mentioned right there that come out. But I'd love for you to talk about um, staging professional photos, because this is something that I talk a lot about with real estate in general. If you're selling your house, you need to have those professional photos. It needs to be staged to get top dollar, to get people emotionally attached. Um, if you can talk a little bit about this on the rental side and why that's important, that would be great as well. Sure. Yeah. Um... So staging, I've actually, it was kind of a dream of mine to find a stager that could help. And we did that on the Real Power Weekend. So um, found a stager here in Cochrane um, that's, you know, does it for mostly for real estates. But I think there's a big market for it in rentals personally, especially on maybe on the higher end units, because they're so large when you're taking a photo or professional photo of an empty space. Yeah, you know, it, it looks pretty and clean, but it's not necessarily homey, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're start asking for a certain rental price, for example, uh, my last one we did, it rented really fast. But if it hadn't, I would have recommended staging for him. Um, we were asking $3,300 a month, yeah. right? Big, beautiful, high-end home, but it was empty. So it just happened that the tenants we found, it was perfect timing. So um, yeah, definitely think there's a huge value for staging and rentals. Um, especially for those bigger homes, because usually they tend to take about 90 days on the market to rent out. Yeah. 
Awesome. And yeah, that probably helps with the, um, the tenant profile as well, getting a more ideal tenant, all of those different factors that go in. It's not just getting that really premium rent. It's appealing to the right people. Um, So that's great. Uh, How do you screen tenants? Uh, screen tenants. So we, we have a pre-screening process. So there's about a five, six questions set that we ask them. Um, every time we get an inquiry, you know, Hey, uh, we would like to come see this property. Okay. You know, thanks for your inquiry. Can you let me know like a little bit about yourself? Um, do you have any pets who's staying in the unit? What do you want possession? Um, and then what's your annual combined income? The reason we do the pre-screening either over phone or email is because one, we want to make sure they can afford the property mm-hmm. and we're not wasting anyone's time, my time or the tenant's time. Um, and two, we want to make sure that demographic is going to be right for the owner. Awesome. And then after, so once you've done that pre-screening and they've gotten to the second phase, do you do some more screening? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So once they've uh, passed the pre-screening, uh, we book showings. Um, with COVID, we tend before COVID, <laughs> we tend to book them every 15 minutes out. Um, now I try to make that 25 minutes just to add some cleaning time in between mm-hmm. uh, showings. And then um, if they love the house, you know, I kind of meet them in person, right? I'll be meeting pets as well, dogs, maybe not so much cats, but dogs for sure. <laughs> so I screen pet as well. And then if they like it, then we send them off an online application to fill out, which is quite intense and can take a little bit of time for them to fill out. Yeah, sure. Awesome. And you've talked about pets a couple of times, which um, (laughs) I found out this weekend. Well, I might have known a little bit earlier, but I was like, you can charge a pet fee and like you can ask about pets. And like in Ontario, if you you can't terminate a lease because someone has a a pet um, and you can't not rent to someone because they have a pet. So it's it's a good time maybe to segue into maybe some <laughs> RTA uh, residential tenancy act uh, differences between Calgary and Ontario. So pets, if you want to talk about the how, why it's um what pet fee means and maybe why it's a good thing. Yeah. So um, well, we we do like to recommend that our owners allow pets. They can put restrictions on it. So I don't think Ontario has any sort of restrictions that you have to accept a pet, right? Mm -hmm. There's no not accepting pets. So here in Alberta, we can decline, say no pets, absolutely no pets. But I try to get my owners away from that and say, you know, um, I think the statistics were 80% of renters have pets. Mm -hmm. So if you're by already saying no pets, it's like you're (laughs) cutting out 80% of your potential tenants. Right. So um, by saying, you know, you can have a pet, we can charge a pet fee as well on that. Normally with for us, we just do a one time pet fee and that's anywhere from two fifty to five hundred dollars. One time non refundable. Um, Other companies will do monthly pet fees. So I think the lowest is twenty five bucks a month up to probably a hundred bucks a month for pets. So. Oh, that yeah. must help with the cash flow as well. And I think <laughs> in um, in Ontario, you can have like, there's like a loophole of like why you can't have pets. But if a, a tenant was to get a pet during the tenancy, that's not um, a reason to get rid of them. And I don't think you can actually say that you, we're not accepting you because you have a pet, but 
Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Alberta, you can definitely evict for having a pet when it's a no pet lease. Yes. And again, let's get to evictions because that <laughs> is a hot topic. So at the end of your lease segue, like your 12 month lease, is that typically what you guys do? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the lease, is the lease just over or does it automatically renew into a month to month? So a fixed term lease is automatically over. Here's the thing though. We always notify our tenants though that it'll be because it can roll over into that periodic month to month if they're still there. Okay. Makes sense if they don't leave by the end of the lease. so we always notify about 60 days out, say we're renewing your lease, but we're renewing for another year. Uh, this is your rent rate now for the next year. And we can charge, um, um, I, I think Ontario has a percentage you were saying, 1.2%. It changes every rate. year. So it changes every year? <laughs> yeah, 2021, there was no increase. You couldn't do any increases. They just announced it was, it's 1.2 for um, all of 2022. And then it depends. And we know that inflation is a lot higher than those numbers. So um, yeah, and it's hard because, so a lot of my inherited tenants, they come with very low leases and that we have been periodically, when we can increase, we increase. Um, but when those start at like $500, a month it's hard to ever get it up to market value like we're so far off um so yes it's very interesting to me the tenant laws in alberta yeah yeah so we can we can increase there's no limit for us yeah that's awesome and then so at the end of that 12 month lease if you want to increase to whatever you want to increase that's allowed yes interesting and then if you want them to leave and they want to stay they have to leave they have to leave yeah you yeah. notify essentially in our renewals that we send out it's like a little option so um here's your renewal you can sign a year lease or a six month lease but it's still a fixed term mm-hmm. here's your rent difference you know six months it's gonna be more because it's shorter term or a year it's gonna be shorter rent increase um because so it's longer term right more stable mm-hmm. and then or move out yeah. so they have the option to check that off um, and then it says, if we don't hear back by a certain date, your lease automatically ends and you're required to be out. So we've notified them in the renewal that, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you're in the middle of your 12 month lease and um, someone doesn't pay their rent. What happens? Um, so Alberta, it is a 14 day eviction notice, um, really 16 days because the day you post and the day they leave don't count. Okay. So full 14-day notice. Um, most tenants, you know, if they are getting into that tough situation, you have good tenants, they'll either try to work with you on a payment plan or they will leave. Yeah. Now, I've only gone through one really, really bad eviction um, where we had to get courts and bailiff involved. So I've gone through the eviction where we still had to get the courts involved, but then the tenants left when the court posted the notice saying you need to leave now. Um, I've had a tenant just completely not leave after the court say mm-hmm. move out. <laughs> um, so usually court timeline, a um, couple of weeks to get in. And then the court, if the tenant shows up in court, um, they'll make a payment plan with the tenant and put it in the judgment order for the landlord as well. Uh, Usually they have to catch up a certain amount and then they have to keep 
paying uh, the one, the really bad one we had was all the way into the end of his lease. So essentially it was guaranteed judgment for the owners that he had to pay his rent all the way to the end of his lease. Gotcha. Yeah. In Ontario. So um, I'm not sure if this, so at the end of those, we have the 14 day rule as well, but they have 14 days to actually pay. So in that time, if they yes. pay, then they say same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of that, if they don't still don't come up to whatever the terms were of them staying, then you have, they have to leave by the end of the month. Um, and then if they don't, then you go to landlord tenant board and yeah, try and yeah. get back all of your, losses in rent (laughs) which is always so fun but yeah so why do you think it is so important to screen your tenants um the way that you are screening them um it's important one because i mean the pre-screening i think is is really important um not only for not wasting your time or the tenant's time but ensuring you kind of already have that rapport with that tenant. They understand that you're not necessarily going to be a pushover because you're asking mm-hmm. certain, you know, the right questions. Um, and then when you meet them in person, um, again, it, they've already kind of got that little bit of respect for you. Um, so it builds that relationship right from the start with the tenant. And then that way versus, okay, I'll give you an example versus, you know, calling, just booking a showing with the tenant, mm-hmm. no shows. You get, um, how do I politely say this? <laughs> um, some interesting meetings. Yep. You learn a lot, a lot about a person in person. Like they could, yes. and like that pre-screening could be amazing. And then you meet them in person. And I've had it recently where the tenant shows up and it's like, thank you for coming to this job interview prepared for me to know everything about you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, um, where you book a showing, meet the person in person, they could be polite or friendly or, you know, just like um, buddy, buddy with you. But at the end of the day, your gut is already telling you something is not right. Yeah. Um, So you can't always take it on face value either for sure and it's funny so I went to this talk a while ago and um, basically the guy that was speaking about property management was equating property management to like like dating so if a person walks in um, and they wear their shoes in the unit are you going to want to date someone that's going to like it's like the same thing like come into your house with it like their shoes on and not be respectful and then at the same time are someone comes in and they're pointing out like a speck on the countertop or like something on the cabinet are you going to want to date this high maintenance person so it was it was a funny way of like kind of breaking it down because it is so important to meet these people in person paper they can look great but in person it could be a whole nother story so I think that that's really important yes yeah awesome so um into the whole tenants and looking for tenants where are you posting to find tenants um well in Calgary uh, well really southern Alberta a little bit northern is rentfaster.ca is your probably your main one here uh, for Edmonton Calgary Medicine Hat Lethbridge those areas um Kijiji as well probably for the smaller towns mm-hmm. um just because I don't think many renters are familiar with rent faster so Kijiji is kind of just like the automatic go-to right so yeah 
Awesome. Um, and then of course social media and a little bit of marketplace on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah, I would say um, at least London, Ontario and surrounding area, Facebook marketplaces are like our number one. Um, And then a whole bunch of others that um, I don't really get into because the last time I posted for our St. Thomas um, rental unit, it went like I had 58 just requests on the first day in the the first 24 hours, I'm like, why did I do this on the weekend? Like, I should not have done this. I regret everything. And we had like six applications before anyone had even seen the property. So it was really interesting to see um, just from Facebook marketplace, the amount of interest. Um, Um, Yeah, I was gonna say too, I guess that's another way to screen is your ads. Yes. Right. You need to be descriptive in your ads mm-hmm. for the tenant demographic you want, because it's going to weed out a lot of people who either don't want to read yep. <laughs> all that information and to they're not interested in, in that type of neighborhood or property. Right. So exactly. I know whenever I get those, uh, is this still available? It's like, read I said email me for more information like you can't even take the time to read the that ad like maybe you're not the best tenant so yeah um how do you determine market rents uh market rents so it changes constantly um real estate wise you know you kind of do it over the last 30 days 30 60 days um it's weekly (laughs) So uh, rent faster is actually a good category for that because they will give you a breakdown of the averages in that neighborhood um, for a certain type of rental. So single family, two bed, that kind of thing. And they'll give you that breakdown. Um, And then just by essentially researching what's available right now, looking at comparables and yeah. Yeah. Going from there. Awesome. Um, And then this is a hot topic. I always love to ask people about gifts. Like, what do you feel about giving tenants gifts on move-in, holidays? What's your take on tenant gifts? Um, Love it. It's actually in our management agreement um, that the owners can sign up for to opt into. It's optional for them, of course. So you guys um, set that all up too? We set that all up too. Uh, We tend to lean more towards providing gifts near the holidays. Um, I don't know. It's just something a little special they're not really expecting it right mm-hmm. move in I think again you know I've we've done move in as well but they tend to be on the smaller side mm-hmm. um for, for that and then also again build relationships um from a property manager or a landlord side so things we provide from move in are their tenant welcome package versus yeah. a gift so the welcome package is you know, FAQs, um, what to do in case of an emergency, how to pay rent, um, building rules, if it's a building noise levels for the city, mm-hmm. <laughs> and what those noise level de- levels or decibels mean. So um, in a way, I guess you could call it a gift. Yeah, but no, yeah. I agree. It's a gift yeah. for both of you, because I'm sure that saves a lot of questions back and forth. And it's, it's in the manual, it's all there. And that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And yeah, I, I love the idea of um, doing gifts on the move-in just because I think it was um, in Keyspire training that we learned yeah. this as well. It's just like when someone feels indebted to you. So if you give them something, they want to reciprocate that as well. And usually that leads into them maintaining the property well. Um, so if you can start the relationship off on the right foot and just 
know, like be able to tell your tenant that you're happy that they're there as well. It's not all about making money. It's about providing these houses for the people, these people that need housing. And um, if they're there a short time, long time, you're just grateful to have good tenants. And I think that um, that's where a lot of bad names in the industry come because you, landlords get a bad name, tenants get a bad name because of the people that aren't starting that relationship off not right, but maintaining that relationship, maintaining the communication. There's so many factors that um, can provide a really great relationship between a tenant and a landlord. I just feel like the news, that, like that negative news, they always want to talk about terrible landlords, terrible tenants, and that's um, what we hear a lot of. Well, and at the even on the weekend there, the Real Power Weekend, you mentioned, you know, the, your impression of a realtor was yeah. terrible, right? Um, that's why I kind of wanted to get into doing my own brokerage uh, versus working for someone else because it is a hospitality business. And it used to drive me nuts when we were limited on what we could do to help that tenant or that mm -hmm. owner, right? So um there's still limits now in the brokerage, but at least I can do it a little bit more hospitality wise. Yeah. Um, you know, we have tenants that we treat well, tenant gifts, you know, work with payment plans, they treat the property well, we get in for inspections, we get in um, for showings, that kind of And um, I just wanna go over Chantal, some great stories that you've had um, with dealing with tenants. So what's like a heartwarming or a great story that you can share about uh, some tenants that you've had? Uh, sure, yeah. So our rent-to-own tenants, um, honestly, great tenants. Um, they'd been renting for 10 plus years. Um, they had a couple young kids, you know, a cat, I think it was. Um, and they just couldn't, they finished paying off their debt but it's time for them to own a home now. So they needed, you know, a couple of years of good credit. Um, so we helped them out. So we did a rent to own with these tenants. When we finally took possession, well, I don't know, if, for many who don't know rent to owns, we actually go shopping with the tenant. So we do all the pre-qualifications we would normally do with a normal tenant. Um, plus now we're doing it uh, from a mortgage point of view as well. Um, so we kind of set out a price point of where they think they want to be, what they're comfortable being in compared to what they're making versus their debt to income ratio, all that stuff. Um, so we did all that. Then we picked houses. So I think we toured around five different houses. Um, some we flat out said, no, like, no, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, nope, <laughs> see too many issues from the property manager point of view for this house. So no. Um, and then we ended up, uh, one, they fell in love with was essentially brand new had been gutted and redone and upon possession for the for those tenants she sent me a text saying thank you so much the kids are ecstatic and I don't think anyone's gonna sleep tonight Aww. just because it was their first time um, even having to be able to be in a, you know, home or be able to afford something they could decorate themselves, they could, yeah. um, you know, repair themselves, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I just, I thought that was awesome. 
Yeah. That is awesome. And I, I love the idea of rent to owns. I think rent to owns also get a bad rep too. Like there's a lot of people that aren't doing them right. Um, but I'll have to have Amber on as we heard all about rent to owns out, uh, out West. So we'll have to have her on an episode and we can really dive into them, but there's so much, um, heartwarming things that can come of that. And that is, it's what lights me up for sure is when you can have those, um, amazing stories to share. And it's more than the money, as we all love to say that it's, it's what you're creating and the experiences, the fact that you can help someone into home ownership, that's amazing as well. Um, but I would also love because like, it's not always rainbows and sunshine. There is, um, maybe some things that happen. Uh, what is one of the worst things that you've kind of come up with or like come across or had to happen with a tenant um well um I could go into my really bad eviction that we did um back it was beginning of this year um or there's some odd things you find when you do move outs those are interesting as well mm -hmm. <laughs> um I'll just click on that one uh tenant left and left a it was a guy tenant left a box of dirty women's underwear in the closet. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then our really bad eviction we did. He he knew how to play the game, let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um had been renting for a while, but I think just COVID and his profession, you know, they weren't really meshing well. So funds might have been a little tight. So um, you know, promises to pay, promises to pay, no payment, um, sent payment plans or did up payment plans and then wouldn't pay for those payment plans. It took us a good couple of months um, back near the beginning to really um, make sure we had enough supporting documentation, especially during COVID because they had if, at first had banned evictions, right? And I'm sure they did that in Ontario mm -hmm. as well um, for it. And I feel like he might have also took advantage of that mm -hmm. <laughs> as well right um I think he was just essentially done living there and just being a dick about it if I can say dick on here but <laughs> <laughs> um anyways went through the whole process 14 day eviction uh didn't leave we knew he wasn't gonna leave so we started the court process um we sent the filing he did show up in court uh judge put him on a payment plan um to his benefit he did you know, catch up and follow through until that last two months where the judgment said he still had to pay his normal rent. So he was caught up by this time, but the judgment said he had to pay rent, right? As mm -hmm. for his lease. It was de December. December, he stopped paying rent. Mm -hmm. Well, that tugged on my homeowner's strings a little bit, right? Feeling bad kind of thing. They'll be a little lenient with him. But ideally, what he was trying to do was get it to the end where he, the judgment was null and void, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So thankfully, I was <laughs> in my gut. I'm like, no, like we need to move forward with um, enforcing the judgment now. So yeah. in January, I think middle of January, we uh, we did enforce the judgment and posted notice. And here, I think. Uh, normally it's three days and we get to change the locks uh, with COVID they extended it for uh, seven days I think it was mm -hmm. uh, so seven days change locks well seven days comes he's already text or texting saying he's not leaving he's not leaving he's not leaving or he'll be packed and can be extended until 
the following Friday or whatever. But at that point, after you've got that lock notice, you know, like he's defaulted now. You have to move forward. If you don't move forward, you're going to be in a lot of trouble um, because then now he's going to be in a squatting position and or periodic tenancy because we've allowed him to stay on the property. Um, so we, we did have to um, enforce that with the bailiff. Bailiff showed up, wasn't a single, single thing packed. Yeah, single thing packed. So it took him, the bailiff took about 25 minutes to convince him to leave, mm -hmm. go to a hotel. Yeah. At that point, we changed locks, but now we have to store his furniture for 30 days. So yeah, it was yeah. a big heartstring up down roller coaster for me and my owners because of course he got aggressive at the end yeah. um, because we were following through with it so exactly and I think that's so important to note is like as we were saying it's nice to have those heartwarming and it's more than just the business but sometimes it has to be it is a business and you have to run it like a business so that's another reason why I think it is so important to have a property manager because they're that middle person like you can be diplomatic and you can just be that in-between person without getting too many heartstrings going back and forth so that is another great reason to um, hire a property manager. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was so great to connect with you out West. And I have so much about, um, so obviously so many tenant <laughs> questions because um, it's a hot topic, but I appreciate you coming on and asking or answering all of the questions that we had. And I think it is my biggest takeaway from property management is that not all tenants are bad. Not all tenants are good. Not all landlords are good. Not all landlords are bad. It's just that constant communication. Um, it's hiring that property manager if you're concerned. So I see a lot of people that are concerned about tenants um, getting into investing. And that is like one of their holding, the things that hold them back is that issue of tenants and not wanting to deal with tenants. My biggest recommendation is hire a property manager. Don't let that be the stopping thing between you investing in real estate and uh, not investing. So um, I would love to just hear what your biggest takeaway is in real estate investing or with property management, and then I will let you go. <laughs> uh, well, real estate investing, you know, I, I guess, and property manager, they're both the relationships, right? So you have to have that relationship with the tenant um, where it's, you know, respectful, um, but also negotiable. Um, so that because people are people, you, you have to, yeah, things are going to come up in life. You've had things come up in life. So it's easier to work with that tenant than to not work with that tenant all the time. Of course, in the extreme situations. Um, the other thing takeaway for property management is your documents. You need to keep track of everything. <laughs> and it's a lot easier if a manager is managing that for you because people are busy. Like you probably have a full-time job if you're just a starting investor and to have someone have all those documents, I think is worth its weight in gold. So Chantal, I appreciate you coming on and I'm sure we will be chatting lots, but uh, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you very much for having me. <laughs>